The following pre-recorded program is paid for by Carla Swanigan Ministries. Get ready to experience and receive the grace you long for from the heart of God. Welcome to Scandalous Grace with Carla Swanigan. Carla is a wife and mother, international speaker, minister, and engaging storyteller known for her transparency with an impactful testimony of how God has transformed her own life. Her desire is to connect you with the heart of God and the truth of how He truly loves and sees you. If you're hurt, if you're broken, if you yearn for God's love and acceptance, let the healing begin. Now, here's Carla Swanigan. Hey everybody, welcome to Scandalous Grace, where we leave religion out of it and just bring Jesus. I am Carla Swanigan, and I'm so glad you're joining us. Today on the show, I have another one of my favorite people, have Rachel Miney on the show. Welcome, Rachel. Hi. Thanks for having me. It's my complete joy. I'm so excited to have Rachel on the show. For you guys that um, are new to the show or new to my ministry, Rachel is actually my ministry assistant. We've been working together for about a good solid two and a half years, I would say. Right, Rachel? Right. And um, I've just gotten to know her and her heart, and she pours out for me all the time. But she's also, besides being extremely administratively gifted... <laughs> She's also got an amazing testimony of who Jesus is in her life and all the things that God has done to show himself real. And um, like we've been talking about last week, we interviewed Sarah Gonzalez and this week we're interviewing you, Rachel. And next week we're interviewing Pastor Bob Holloway. And really the scripture that the Lord put on my heart for all these interviews for this month was second Corinthians five seventeen, And it's the scripture where Paul talks about, um, what happens when we meet Christ? And it says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come, the old has gone and the new is here. And I know in my own life that that's what God has done through his scandalous grace, which is what we always talk about on the show, the scandalous grace of Jesus. And I know that that's something that he did in Sarah's life. Like we found out about last week and we're going to find out about Bob next week. And this week I am excited to hear about what God has done in your life and how he has made all things new in your life. So why don't you share a little bit, Rachel, of your testimony with our listeners? Sure. So I have grown up in a Christian home um, ever since I was little. I remember being in church, being in Sunday school, being um, all about church, all about VBS. You know, I love singing Jesus songs. We'd be playing them in the car. And that's the environment I grew up in. So I was always familiar with church and with um, who Jesus was and, you know, what Jesus did for us on the cross and all that. And um, at the same time, when I was real young, I, I remember f- dealing with a lot of fear in my life. Mm-hmm. I was afraid of the most random things. Um, my parents and, and my siblings still joke with me now because we can joke about it now that I was terrified of tornadoes. Wow. I had, I, I think, a little bit too early snuck down the stairs and watched a little bit of Twister. Oh, that'll do it. <laughs> and I was terrified of tornadoes after that. I thought jet, jet trails in the sky like or weird looking clouds. I thought they were all tornadoes and I would start to literally have like a panic attack. Oh, gosh. Um, my parents would have to talk me down from that. So um, I remember just dealing with fear in a lot of areas of my life. But the one area specifically that I dealt with the most fear all the way through growing up was with social anxiety and with um, shyness mm-hmm. and with not being able to talk to people without being so overcome with emotion that I would literally shed tears. I know you told me a story about even being in high school and I think you said even college where if you had to talk to a, a teacher or your professor about something kind of 
tell that story? Yeah, well, um, all the way through high school, if I had to just ask a question about, you know, when was this paper due or what was the homework again? I, I would first off, I would have to talk myself up for like 10, 20 minutes, even during the class to be able to even, you know, psych myself up to do that. Wow. Um, and when that moment would actually come, I would just burst into tears uncontrollably, just, um, like not that I wanted to, I just didn't know how to control that emotion. And I was so afraid that, you know, I would say something wrong or, you mm-hmm. know, I would be embarrassed, you know, that I didn't know something Yeah, and would just cry. <laughs> Even coaches, uh, what time is practice next week? Like that question seems so simple, but I, I would just burst into tears even at the thought of having to ask somebody or answer the phone or, um, you know, organize my dentist appointment, even yeah. as an adult, you know? Yeah. And so all the way through college, I dealt with this horrible kind of social anxiety and um, fear of interacting with people, especially people that were in authority or, you know, above me. Yeah. Would you say that it affected your relationships like um, with friends and you know, in college, going out, um, being social, being in groups and clubs that were social, would you say it had a big effect there? I definitely would. I think that I, for the most part, any time I could get away with avoiding a social situation Mm -hmm. or avoiding, uh, an interaction with a person, I would, I would isolate myself and just, you know, be like, I would have to, I would just be okay with not participating. Mm -hmm. And I would, um, you know, if I got asked to uh, a party or a, a group gathering or uh, anything like that, I would just say, I would just either come up with an excuse, mm-hmm. I would find something else to do, or I would just say that I didn't want to go. Yeah. And I, you know, I always felt bad about it because part of me did want to go. I did want to be involved in those things and I did want to go and be a part of that, but um, I just didn't know how to move past Be that okay fear. being there. Yeah. And uh, in friendships, even it's affected me in a lot of ways, because uh, I think what that stems from is just such a fear of rejection that I dealt with, you know, uh, well, if I go, what am I going to do? What am I going to say? Who am I going to be there? Will they like me? What am I going to wear? And it just brought up all these other fears, you know. Well, and that kind of ties in with um, that performance type mentality that we've talked about um, on the show before. I've been through it. I know some of our other guests have been through it and it's it's almost like paralysis of analysis. You, you get so worried that you're going to do something wrong or that you're not going to know the right thing that it becomes fear, but it's also a performance based mentality. And we can also tie that into our relationship with the Lord as well. So this fear had you gripped. It really was limiting your life, especially your social life, but your life in general. And I don't think people always realize that that's the way that fear comes in, um, that it brings those insecurities and, um, also those social anxieties, like you talked about, that it can develop into something like that, almost to the point where, like you said, you just go to work and go home. You don't, you don't leave your house much. And I know people that live that way to this day. And so I'm so excited to hear um, how things started turning around for you, Rachel. Well, I was, I was finishing up my last couple classes at school and in, in college. And um, I had moved back um, to my hometown and was commuting so that I didn't have to pay for staying on campus and all that and really brought me out of that school environment i started getting back into going to church every weekend and i started getting into um going to the young adult group at the church and uh, my sister uh worked for the church and was doing a a, um she was actually assisting you doing a women's event oh yeah when i was the women's pastor at that church and you know i would just hang out with her because she was comfortable i knew her and she said to me hey you know we're 
doing this women's retreat and we need somebody that, you know, knows a little bit about sound and can help us run some of the music and stuff. And she knew I knew how to do that. I had done that a little bit um, with the youth group and stuff and previously. And she said, we'll let you come for free if you just do that. You can stay in my room with me and just kind of we'll hang out in the weekend and um, it'll be fun. And I didn't I didn't think it would be fun, but I thought it was a <laughs> it was an area for me to, you know, serve and use my literal technical giftings. And I thought, OK, I can do that. So um, I, I joke with her to this day, like I got dragged there. Um, yeah. I thought I was serving and I thought, you know, I was putting something into it and I had no idea what what God had in store for me there. He's sneaky that that Lord of ours, isn't he? Yeah, I he, call him sneaky Jesus. Sometimes He totally set me up. So one of the nights we were there, I had finished up what I was doing at the soundboard and and I liked being in the soundboards in the back, you know, and yeah, you I wasn't really hidden back there. Wasn't really participating with the whole everything. I was there for the sessions. I was into it. And like I said, like I've loved the Lord all the way through this. I just didn't know there was a difference between knowing who Jesus was and really knowing Jesus. Yeah. In a personal way. So I had um gotten to the end of this session and, and they were doing some worship and stuff and asked if anybody wanted prayer, there would be some people in the back and um, I went up actually to you and oh, yeah, me and Amy Martinez, Amy Martinez. I, I just said, will you just pray for me? I don't know. <laughs> I don't think I even asked, you know, what I need to pray for. Cause I didn't know. Yeah. But and the I, Lord knew, right? The Lord knew. I just said, I, you know, would you just pray for me? Uh, you know, because I just felt like there was a moment, like I could get something out of this. And so you guys prayed for me and you gave me this um, prophetic word that um, there would be women coming into my life that would be mentors and friends and um, that would pour into me and teach me and mentor me and um, help me grow in my relationship with the Lord. Mm. And I thought that would, that sounded great, but I didn't think that that was possible. Mm. Um, So it's like you wanted to believe it. You had hoped that it was true, but in all reality, you're like, "Mm, maybe not so much. I was really thinking that's what I desire so much. I've desired that my whole life just to feel like there was somebody who people who would see me for who I was and grow that part in me and and pour into me. And I thought at the same time, wouldn't that be nice? Mm -hmm. And I just didn't believe that that could be true, you know? And I thought, again, I was thinking the same thoughts I thought throughout the rest of my life. Um, that's good for everybody else. That's so cool for everybody else, but maybe that's just not meant to be for me. Well, and I think there's so many people, Rachel, that can, that can relate that are listening because we do have those moments. I call them, you know, God encounters really where the Holy spirit ministers directly to our heart through another person's prayer or even encouraging word that they might speak to us or a smile or a hug or anything, because he always knows exactly what we need. But at the same time, sometimes people can speak those things over us that are straight from the heart of the father and absolutely true. And we want to believe it. We hope that it's true. But like you said, we think it's maybe true for everybody else. Not so much for us. So I think there's a lot of people that can relate to that. Yeah, absolutely. And I went home from that retreat holding on to that, like um, just going back to the Lord and saying, you know, like if you're going to do this, like let's do it because I wanted that so much. Mm. And I didn't know how to, I, I, I was always, even growing up, a, a doer, I would make things happen. I, you know, would go after achieving things. And this is something that I couldn't achieve. 
Right. It was part of that performance driven. So it was in that moment I had to say, you know, I can't, I can't make this happen. I can't do this. I don't see how this is going to happen in my own strength at all. So if this is what you want to do, then you're going to have to do it, Lord. And I had gone home from that retreat and I, I had, like I said, been getting back into church and, and they had a bunch of classes and Bible studies starting up. And I decided I wanted to get into everything I could get into. I filled up all my spare time with classes and just learning Bible studies and, um, surrounded myself with the people that I knew or the people that I felt had, um, more knowledge and more wisdom than me. And, uh, just tried to absorb everything I could about, um, who God is, who Jesus is, what, what prayer is like, um, how to read the word, how to study it. Um, everything that I didn't know I wanted to know. Yeah. So I got in all these classes and really started to understand on a deeper level, the goodness of God, which I hadn't understood before. Well, and even being in those classes and, and starting to take the training and, and like you said, people pouring wisdom into you, um, all the Bible that you were getting poured into you, the reading of the word and the teaching of the word. And it, and it tells us in the word that he renew it's renewing of our mind, right? He makes us new also by renewing our mind. And that's part of what was going on with you is you were having all the truth poured into you, um, through your own study of the word and also people speaking it and teaching on it. And I just want to highlight that a little bit because a lot of times we focus so much on people's testimonies, which are powerful. I mean, it tells us in revelation that that's how we overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. But also when God's making us a new creation, one of the ways he does that is by renewing our mind and that's by the reading and the washing. I think it says in the word, the washing of the word and that's scripture. And so that's another thing I'd want to highlight for people that feel like God's doing that new thing in their life and, and wanting to transform them into who he says he is. I would encourage you so much to get into the word, find a translation that you love, right, Rachel, and, um, just dig into it because that's one of the things that we can't stress enough. Yeah. And I had always kind of known the word, but I had never known the word like I did in this season. Um, and for me going into just being able to read it, I picked up the message Mm, because that's a great translation. Um, it was easy for me to read it like a book Yeah, and just to, um, absorb it. Like I said, I was absorbing everything during this time. So I wasn't trying to read it for, you know, all the technical Hebrew and Greek and (laughs) all that. I was just trying to read it to understand what was happening. Yeah. And so I picked up a copy of the message and I just read as much as I felt like I could read in, in one sitting. And, um, what really, what, uh, really struck me about the gospels I was reading in the message was who Jesus is Mm. because I had understood, you know, what Jesus did on the cross and all that stuff, but I didn't understand, um, like I do now, the character of Jesus, how good he is. And, um, what relationship with him looks like. And I saw that modeled through his relationship with the disciples and all the other things in the new Testament that I had picked up in the message because I was able to kind of read through it. That's so cool. So you're at the church that you were attending at the time. You're taking all these classes, you're renewing your mind with the word. You're just all in and, um, tell us a little bit more. Well, what started to happen, um, the people around me started to notice that I think before I did, they noticed that I was walking around, interacting with people. I would be the first one to say hello to somebody instead of, you know, them saying hello Mm -hmm. and me kind of ducking and waving or, um, I was engaging in conversation with people. I had started to dress differently. 
I do remember that. Yeah. When I was um, growing up, especially when I was going through school and um, I, my wardrobe basically consisted of t-shirts and sweatpants and athletic shorts and tennis shoes and a ponytail mm-hmm. and no makeup. Yeah. Um, because you were trying to hide still. I was, tr- I didn't want to stand out because I thought, you know, if I tried to do the big, uh, makeup thing, if I, if I wore a fancy dress or if I, um, wore crazy shoes like that, people would notice me and judge me or, um, think that I was trying to be cooler than I was or, um, be something I wasn't. It was such an identity thing for you that the Lord was working in your heart. It it really was. It was, I didn't feel comfortable being who I was on the inside, on the outside mm. because I, you know, fear of being rejected or judged or, um, whatever, or I would have to explain myself. Sure. So what began to happen was I started to wear the things I liked. I started to wear the shoes I liked. I'm all about the shoes. I mean, <laughs> right now I'm all about the shoes, but people who know me five years ago and people who know me now almost can't believe the difference. Yeah. It's a drastic change. And I, um, started to, you know, wear some dresses and, and, and do my hair differently. And, uh, people noticed that I think it took me a little while to catch up to everybody else. I noticed it before I did. And I just attribute that to what God was doing on the inside of me and allowing me to, um, express myself who God created me to be on the inside, just on the outside and exterior, um, through clothes and makeup and hair and shoes. That's beautiful. I, um, I just want to point out you listeners obviously can't see unless you're watching us on our KSM YouTube channel, but Rachel, literally when I met her, it's exactly like she said, it was sweatpants, ponytail, uh, or a baseball cap yep. and no makeup, no jewelry whatsoever. And today she is dressed so beautiful and she has on her makeup and her hair done, but she also has on a necklace that was a gift to you from somebody actually. And it says seen, seen. And I think it's so prophetic and so just obvious, the heart of God for you and who he says you are and the truth about your identity and that he brought you out of a place of hiding, a place where you, um, didn't want to be by choice. You were there captive of fear and insecurity and performance based relationship with people and with him. And you went, literally, he took you from a place of hiding to today on the show. You're wearing a necklace that says seen. And that's so true because that, that is how he sees you. That is who you are. And I feel like there's so many people in the world today that, that don't know the heart of Jesus, that don't understand his, his heart for them, how much he loves them, how he wants them to live in freedom, free of anxiety, free of fear, um, free of depression, free of alcoholism, free of everything that would try and hold them bondage and keep them from living the abundant life that God has for them. And he really does, like it says in the scripture we mentioned earlier in second Corinthians five seventeen, make all things new. And I just, I love that about the Lord. I love that he makes himself real to people and he meets them in the place of their need. And what I love about your story is all of that. But also, I love what you're doing now with the blog that you write. Will you tell us a little bit about what that is and how you started it and what it means to you? Yeah. So I, um, one of my life scriptures is out of Ephesians, it's Ephesians three, really 16 through 19, but it's three seventeen that says, um, you know, uh, Paul's talking, I pray that you being rooted and established in love will understand how deep and wide and high and 
far reaching is the love of Christ that you can be filled to the fullness of God. And that is such a, it's been such a heart scripture for me. So I started just writing down some thoughts and whatever was on my heart on this um, little blog that I call rooted and established. Mm. And um, it's really just a place where if there's something on my heart or something, I feel like someone besides me needs to hear it. Yeah. I'll, I'll put it on there. A lot of it is really just straight from whatever I'm learning about uh, with the Lord or uh, whatever I feel like is on his heart. Mm-hmm. And um, it's not any kind of professional thing by any means. I started it really to um, be intentional about writing down some of the stuff that I was learning about and how the Lord was teaching and growing me. Mm-hmm. So I still do it um, with that kind of uh, purpose. Mm-hmm. It's just as much for me as it is for anybody else who reads it. Writing is so cathartic, right? It totally is. So, um, you know, I write occasionally just whatever I feel like um, – I need to put on paper as, you know, so say. So it's rootedestablished.blogspot.com. And um, I just keep them short and sweet and whatever I feel like putting down a paper. And Well, they're so powerful. I love your writing and it's such a ministry. I mean, I think it's one of the calls on your life to, to write and encourage other people. Um, and I'm going to remind people before we close how to find you and how to sign up to get it in their inbox, you know, so that when you write a new one, they get it automatically. But before we do that, if you could just take one minute or so, what would you say to somebody listening that can relate to your story? Um, and thinks, yeah, what you're saying sounds great, Rachel Miney, but yeah, it's not, it, it wouldn't help me because it's for everybody else. Kind of like what you were saying earlier. Um, how would you talk to them? and encourage them today, what would you say? Well, I, I really would say um, what he's been do- showing me a little bit in this last season, specifically six months, is just like you said, the necklace that I'm wearing says seen. Love it. And what he's been showing me and walking me through is that um, he sees you. Mm. He sees you right where you're at. He knows who he created. So for me, um, what really changed everything for me was when I understood that he saw me as an individual, as the person he created uniquely. And I don't have to try to be anybody else but me. Yeah. So if that's you, if you feel like um, maybe you're not sure who you are, you're not sure um, what you should be doing, you're not sure how he sees you or, or any of that, uh, the first thing I would say to you is that he sees you. All of it. He sees um what you struggle with. He sees the fear that you struggle with, like he saw mine mm-hmm. and he sees the potential in the, in the, the gifts and talents he's created you with. Um, and that's unique to every person. So it doesn't matter really, um, if you're comfortable, if you're, if you're good at it, if you feel like you fit in, um, because he sees all of that, he sees you right where you're at and he created you to be exactly who you are. Yeah. So, um, the first thing that I would encourage you to do is like what, what I did is just start reading. Um, even in the gospels, they seem like little stories, but if you really, um, can see and visualize who Jesus was hanging out with, who he was around, um, what he said to them, how he treated them, Mm -hmm. um, he has that same heart for us. So you don't have to be part of the cool kids. You don't have to be, you know, the first of everything. You don't have to be the first and best. Um, he wants you to just be and exist who you are as you create, as he created you to be. That's awesome. Tell us again, how we can find your rooted and established blog. 
So it's just rootedestablished.blogspot.com. And like I said, um, I just write whenever and whatever he uh, puts on my heart for that particular moment. And they can sign up on that to get emails from you, right? Yeah. If you go right on the page, it's just a string. There's a subscribe button and you put your email address in and it'll send you the new one. You guys, I encourage you so much to do that. Rachel is an incredible person. God's done so much in your life, Rachel. And I know this is a call in your life to speak to other people about identity. And I know that's something God's going to have you doing a lot more in the future. And I'm really excited to watch that. And um, I want to pray for everybody right now that's listening that can relate to this or know somebody that um, is in their life that they can be praying for that can relate to this. So right now in the name of Jesus, I pray that everyone that is hearing this, that feels like they're in a place of hiding from fear or insecurity or performance or any of the things that we mentioned, I just break that off of them right now in Jesus name. And I declare that God created you to be seen. And I pray that you would come to know the truth about who Jesus is and how he sees you. And I pray that like Rachel mentioned by her own testimony, that God would bring mentors and friends into your life that would speak life and wisdom to you in Jesus name. I pray that you would receive and walk in the fullness of the unconditional love of Jesus. I pray all these things in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. I thank you guys so much for listening to scandalous grace. We'd love to hear from you. Scandalous grace at carloswanigan.com. And remember, leave religion out of it and just bring Jesus. We hope you were blessed by today's episode of scandalous grace with Carlos Wanigan. Please go to carloswanigan.com to listen to podcasts, see where Carla will be speaking, and to find out about all of Carla Swanigan Ministries' resources, including her video devotional series. Scandalous Grace with Carla Swanigan is a listener-supported radio ministry outreach. We depend on your prayers and donations. Please go to carloswanigan.com for ways you can partner with Carla in reaching listeners with God's love and grace. Please join us again next Saturday at 4 p.m. for Scandalous Grace with Carla Swanigan.